Married to who? Welcome to Married to Who, a podcast where a couple couples watch Doctor Who for the very first time. My name is Jake, with me are the couples, Cody, Sam, Jill, Alex, and our producer Terry. This week we're here to talk about Ascension of the Cybermen, written by Chris Chibnall, directed by Jamie Magnus Stone, aired February 23rd, 2020. Jill, what'd you think? It was very good. Makes me real excited for the next one or two or however many this is going on. Cody? It was probably the best fucking episode of The New Doctor ever. Hands down, by far. I fucking love it. I'm so excited for the next episode. Jake (laughs) is great. Sam? It was a great episode. Wonderful. Terry? It was very delightful. Uh, Left me with a lot of questions and looking forward to the next episode. Man, I wish it was a two-parter. It's a three-parter. Alex? Hell yeah. 80s hair metal. Great. Like, (laughs) Like, it's just good shit. It's the weirdest thing you've ever said in almost 200 episodes of our podcast. It's so cool. It's such a good episode. Jake? Oh, yeah. It's good. Nice. I I have no notes, so start talking. Oh, Jesus. This is the doctor... This this is the doctor that I always want. Is the doctor that's like I'm gonna fucking save you guys, and you're starting to be a problem. Get a shift on, like like a human saving doctor. She's taking charge. It's like that somebody was taking notes at one point or doing case studies of the population's idea of how Jody's doing as the doctor. And a couple bitch ass Americans in North Dakota were like, "Fuck! I wish you would just Way like take charge." way way after the fact and then uh rewrote uh jody to start being like a like a really doctory doctor yeah i I don't really know how to describe it it. was i didn't sorry it was exciting excuse me jake excuse me go ahead (laughs) i i didn't as soon as uh she said like this is a a flat leadership deal i was like no it's not and that's trash please don't and they did it for a long time yeah when uh when you brought that up that time when she said that i was excited because i knew that it was bullshit and what was coming and you and i think jill at one point complained about that too or just like her attitude in general and i was like oh man it's coming (laughs) oh it was splendid absolutely splendid i'm so happy i like where this is going she was kind of rude at the beginning like, she came out of nowhere and was like, you have two guns? That's it. That's not even anything. And they're like, we're we're not soldiers. Like, what do you expect us to have? We're refugees. That's true. The retort was good, but I, I kind of just factor that into the doctor understands the threat and has, like, this false perception that these people understand the threat. But also, like, we saw the ships. Like, they're here. Like, let's speed it up. <laughs> I, I love that where she's like, uh, the doctor, uh, Yaz, Graham, Ryan, doesn't matter where we're from. <laughs> we're here to help. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> yeah. like, I'll answer some questions. Yeah, I really loved her sass in the beginning. Well, pretty much just through this entire episode, too. But, like, when Eyeliner was telling her about the eyeliner. ship that they have. And she just cuts her off and be like, did I ask for your life story? And she's yes. like, yes. <laughs> I don't think she said it that way. I think she said, don't need the life story. <laughs> did you name that character it's Eyeliner? It's so perfect. Yeah. She's one of the last humans. And she yeah. somehow has an everlasting eyeliner around her eyes. It's amazing. 
It's just it's just a, a dirt and shit mixed together. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that is what makeup has turned into. Yeah, which one of the <laughs> seven remaining human inhabitants is the Mary Kay dealer? <laughs> hey, when you're down to seven people, like the world's your oyster. <laughs> you can have whatever you want. Uh Ravio is uh eyeliner's name. Oh, okay. She was totally hitting on Graham later on in the episode. Gotta repopulate, baby. That actor's name is Julie Graham. Really? Ooh. Graham. <laughs> Graham. It's, it's like ham when you leave it out too long. Ugh. Ew. Gross. But yeah, that cold open was pretty cool. And granted, these are... This is kind of what? A second parter and to be third parter, but so far each episode has felt very different. And granite? Like yeah. the stone? No. Gran- mm-hmm. Granted. Oh. Sorry. I, I had a little draw there. Marble? Good old Tonight's Midwestern the boy. Where the wives make fun of the husbands. Yes. <laughs> it should be every episode. I'm disappointed in us. It kind of is. Kind of is every All episode. <laughs> That cold open was real good, but even better than the cold open was the like intertwining story throughout that matched to the cold open and matched the filter of the cold open. Yeah. Man, this is just so well done. What do you guys, what do you guys think of that? Anytime Patrick O'Kane is just talking, like I'm in like that cold open where he's narrating over the top and yeah. then his like hologram conversation which this production team loves doing it's like the third time we've seen it and i'm still here for it the way Just he a... comes into the hologram like he like it appears and he like steps in and turns around it's ah oh, it's so good i'm super excited to find out about this redheaded dude that i don't know his name oh brendan, brendan. that's brendan yeah this is going to be something I am intrigued. There were so many good parts of this episode, but that is my favorite. Yes, I need like, to know. Ooh, the Brandon Terry stuff? Yes. Yeah. Terry has theories. Terry has theories. Well, before Let's hear we some get theories. to theories, why was it your favorite, Jill? It was like a, re- well, obviously it's not completely human, but like just a human story intertwined with whatever else is going on. I thought it was so well done. I'm really intrigued. Like, all the little snippets they showed were just so carefully placed and well thought out and, like, really leaves you wanting more. It was a mini but movie we, inside the episode. Yeah, but, and, like, we learned a lot about him, but, but obviously we know hardly anything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I like what you said, Jill, about the placement of those scenes, because it's like, they're ramping up the tension in the main story, and then just when you're, like, you know, at your apex, then it just cuts to this, you know, redhead dude riding a bike in scotland and like well now what the fuck's going on well and the cute little like obviously you know it's not a nothing episode but it starts with just this like cute story about a family and just the building on that over and over like he seems like a super decent guy but then you obviously know he's the cyberman as well because of where they place it he's gotta be right yeah that's kind of what i was leading towards like he's gotta be a shod like that's kind of Ooh. what I'm thinking, but... Ashad. For some other reason, I was like, he's the Cyberman guy. Ashad is the Cyberman guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to say, he's either the Cyberman guy, or they really want you to believe he is, so that they can throw you off the path. Because it's either that, or he's the creator of the Cyberman. Like, he's the one who, like, invents this, this new technology that does this, or does what the Cyberman does. So it's either one of those two. He's either like the new. Oh, oh no. so you're saying that's not Earth? That that's um. Alex, what's the name of the other Mondas. planet? Mondas. Mondas. Yeah. Yeah, it's Earth's twin planet. Hmm. That'd be crazy. And they all just happen to be Scottish. Yeah, if it's going, I think they're Irish. Actually, I said oh, okay. Scotland. I think it's I, Ireland. I wrote down Irish a bunch of times. I hope that's it's right. Irish. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, if it's a shod. I don't think they would use a different actor. Like, why not just use Patrick O'Kane? So maybe this uh, creator of the Cyberman is a little more... Plausible? Yeah. Or, I don't believe you. The placement within the episode just makes you believe it's a shot, and it 
Like with the whole aging thing at the end. Super confusing. It has to be. Well, definitely, like, why they covered it up by, like, erasing his brain. Maybe like, he's the old guy showing everyone how to get to the place. Like, lots Ooh. of aging. That was my Koshamas? Co- Co- Kochis? Yeah. <laughs> that would be nice. Like, I like Sir that Barrison. ending for him. It seems more but like I feel his character. Like, but I feel like he's going to be evil. Like, with, I don't know. Something with has the whole, to happen. Like, the retirement and, and the memory wipe. Would it be weird... If it was Gallifrey that they were on. The Cybermen? Yeah, or just like the world that um, Brandon is a part of. Like that whole world. If that was Gallifrey and like with the whole brain wiping thing, like that could be their first technology of learning how to do that. Did you call him Brandon? Yeah, you did. (laughs) Brandon. Brandon. Would that be plausible? Am I making this up? You're absolutely making it up because you don't know. Well, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, everything's plausible. But I'm just wondering because like the the giant portal thing at the end it was Gallifrey, and like they were sending all the humans through to there, and I was just wondering like maybe that's how. Well, that that portal is is random. Like they said it multiple times, like it'll put you somewhere randomly in the universe. Oh, so every time they use it, it turns into a new one. Yeah, because even even Cochise says, like, oh, I've never seen that one before. Yeah, I think the reason it was Gallifrey is because the master was coming through from the other side, from Gallifrey. Was that immediately after him destroying it? Because they showed him, like, broken and shit, didn't they? Well, yeah, but... Yeah, through the portal. I would imagine that this is after we've seen him in this season, so not immediately after he destroyed Gallifrey, because he had already done it when we met him in the okay. opening two-parter. Yeah, because he was real emotional after that. And this one, he seemed jovial. Who who didn't think the Cyberman battle carrier wasn't going to be full of unopened Cybermen? Yeah, that that's kind of a gimme. <laughs> like, imagine that shit—a whole army of Cybermen and a Cyberman carrier. Did they? Did they? So, did they only grind up like three of them, and then the rest of them were cool, or did they augment every one of them? Is, did anyone catch anything? I can't. Are I can't you? What remember. are you talking about? Like, did they augment yeah, the Cybermen? Yeah, when came in and was making him scream. Oh, and he was doing the weird yeah. like drill thing. That's yeah. That's a pretty decent question. I think. I'm guessing it's more of like a chain reaction. Like he did that to one floor and then they went off and went to another floor and it's just continuous. Oh, do you think maybe it's like him upgrading their firmware so he can control them? Probably. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really think. I have a feeling like. What the hell is that dude's name? Massage or something? Ashad. (laughs) Ashad. Rashad. Rashida Jones, I don't think he's like on the side of the Cybermen. Like he's on his own side and serves the Siberium in his own way. That's not like aligned with Cybermen. Ooh. I'm just kind of theory crafting. So his entire goal, which he said out loud, is the ascension of the Cybermen, the title of the episode. So like his plan, because at this point, the Cybermen are basically eliminated just like the humans. And so his his plan is to bring the Cybermen back. Did I read his like threat wrong when he was talking to the doctor in the hologram where he's like, uh, the death of everything is so like, is he trying to destroy the universe? Kind of like how the Daleks were planning with like a death explosion or something. I think so. Cause he says the death of everything is within me. Yes. So like he kind of went from, cause he's, He's like elevating the goal of the Cybermen where from before it was um, assimilate or like, you know, make more Cybermen out of humans. And now he's like, fuck humans. They're basically gone. Let's just go kill everything. Gotcha. Which I feel like the Cybermen should be panicking sort of because humans are like their only resource for creating Cybermen. Has there been a any other species Cybermen? Well, he did leave that one guy alive to, like, tell other outposts, so maybe we shouldn't take the doctor literally when she says these are the, like, there's seven people here, and they're like, oh, seven people left. 
there's probably other people out there. Yeah. Yeah, but that's Ashad saying that, and he still has human feelings. If it was any other Cyberman, I'm pretty sure he would be assimilated, no problem, or just murdered. Yeah, but we're just speculating on how many people there are. Well, now there's five. <laughs> I, I think there's more out there. I think it's just uh, there were only seven at this place, and they they know that we're down to not so. I mean, there's Koshamas. There's eight, <laughs> and and he says that he a lot of people did go through the gate and are somewhere out there. Uh, we need to break for dogs because they drank a bunch of water and now need to go outside. All right, I'm gonna blow my bird. This has been Married to Who. Thank you very much. Uh, we're just going to take a short commercial break. Uh, welcome to the Married to Who podcast brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends. My favorite is Zork the Orc. You see, he's got a fancy smile and a lot of teeth. And when he attacks, the damage is incredible. Use user code Married to Who, Doctor Who podcast for a free hero at the start of your play and 10,000 silver. That is Doctor Who Married to Who podcast. Back to our original programming. Hey, Terry, you ever play Raid Shadow Legends? I have not. Isn't the game just probably the best game ever? And always looking to sponsor people? Man, wouldn't it be amazing if they just gave Jake a call and were like, fuck you, we're not going to pay you anything. Raid Shadow Legends. And then just like do the... The Triple H crotch slap. Hey, you have about 500 listeners and <laughs> don't uh, are quitting in three episodes. <laughs> Do you wanna... It's Raid Shadow Legends, man. They'd probably be, they'll toss you a fiver. Here's a fiver. Don't forget to mention Raid Shadow Legends. Appreciate it. Do you see neither the time nor the space was on a top Doctor Who podcast list? Yeah. That's Top crazy. 60. I think I've got like less than 20 of neither the time nor the space left. I think I'm closer to like 15. I'm getting there. But I'm to the point where they know about us and talk about us every episode. So that makes it fun. All right, I'm back. All right. What'd you guys think of the new Cyberman design? I like the abs. That was a fun design there. I don't think that part's new. the The head is new. It's like the head's uh, like oh. more boxy. There's like mutton chop type deals. Yeah, so it's like the new Cyberman body with like the '80s Cyberman head, or like a version of it. And so, fans were super excited to. Uh, to have that i never would have noticed that this was the war model yeah i guess that's their way of getting around that oh okay alex jackie lane who played dodo just died today yeah all right i'll stop reading twitter we're doing a podcast right <laughs> we are <laughs> i was super excited uh seeing um handles flying through space. I'm like, oh, sweet, he's coming back. And then turns out it's just a random head and not handles at all. <laughs> what else? What do you guys think of the guest cast? We got, uh, we got old uh, eyeshadow and, or eyeliner and then um, the young dude who's good at flying and the guy who is scared of everything. Aside from the Irish family, I really don't care. <laughs> And the old guy, the gatekeeper. I also like him. Shamus. Koshamus. Um, unrelated to guest cast, but related to cast, I loved Graham's part in this story, which was nice to see because he's been kind of a deadbeat this season. But I, I liked how he kind of, and I think we talked about that, like the anticipation of Graham stepping in and like showing people the ropes. And I like how the part he played with the guest cast in this story. Like, he wasn't a moron. He knew his stuff. He was good. Yeah, they did. Uh, 
him and Yaz did some like sci-fi shit that I don't know if they learned through their travels or just from watching TV, but they're like, yeah, yeah, reroute the power from life support into the engines and give us a boost or blah, blah, blah. I mean, they are in space, like they're going to get to that ship eventually anyway, so they didn't really need to do that. Yeah, but they may have run out of life support anyway. What the lady said is we don't have enough fuel to get there. You're in space. You're, yeah. you're, kind of, you're, gonna, you're never going to stop moving. I liked that whole idea and scene. I hated that they were like flipping like a coin and then somehow magically timed it right to get into the bay doors without like slamming their ship into anything else. It's like, ah, boo. <laughs> it's just it's just math, Terry. Simple math. Mm, OK. Have <laughs> <laughs> you never seen Interstellar? <laughs> Basically do the same thing. <laughs> The old man uh, was, I liked him a lot, but also I liked the little uh, joke line with him that was like, oh, you're not a planet? That was cute. He could have been a planet. Well, yeah, the their new friends could have been a little more specific about yeah. getting to Koshamas. Well, and they may not know. Maybe they just know a name. He and it looks, is. It looks like a lonely place out there. And it is um two words. It's ko ko, and then Sharmus. There's an R in there. It's just the their accents. So uh yeah, Ian McElhenney, Sir Barrison from uh or Barrison Selmy from Game of Thrones. I forgot to mention. Um, I really enjoyed the Doctor's uh devices that she brought in the beginning. Oh, Cody to, like, said that too. Have some defenses. Because a lot of them were just like callbacks to past times they thwarted the uh, the Cybermen. Really, I thought those were yeah, cause, brilliant. Because the 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 gold thing was from a classic story, right, Jake? Like where they just put like gold flakes a on, on it, yeah. and they yeah. just like melted. Matt Smith. They also had did that. it in um, yeah. They also did it in Matt Smith one um, that Neil Gaiman episode, uh, Nightmare in Silver. They used oh, gold. Yeah. Yeah, the gold ticket on the face stopped him. Yeah, that was that was the one that like brought Matt Smith back because he was all cybered. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then the um the emotional inhibitor thing that uh Tennant used in the very first Cyberman yeah. story. And then it basically kind of did the same thing in Matt Smith's time with um closing time where James Corden just loved his son so much it killed all the Cybermen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah cody's favorite am i correct in thinking that the cybermen nope. ha had um <laughs> upgraded enough that they weren't allergic to gold anymore no what would make you think oh, that i because in the matt smith one i thought they were uh upgrading so fast with like all of the attacks that were coming at them that they were overriding and learning how to overcome their obstacles nah, he only ever did it on that one the one that was like sharing his body or his mind or whatever oh, okay. also right. that's assuming continuity there's no continuity here it's all just feel cybermen it's kind of true cybermen, cybermen are all over especially the place especially <laughs> with cybermen okay even even knew who cybermen like we have three different origin stories they're inevitable bro so we talked about Brennan a little bit, but like we saw him get shot off a cliff. Yeah. The fuck is that? I was just wondering, like, is he actually human or is no. he? Clearly something's <laughs> going on here, but there's no way you for know anybody how humans get to shot know. off a cliff and just get up. And then their bullet hole's gone. I love the like dude poking through his jacket, like just to clarify, like, hey, yeah. dummy's watching. This really did happen. <laughs> he holds it up to his chest and like runs his finger through it. Yeah. So there's a hole here, but there's not a hole here. <laughs> I love the dad in all of that. Like the dad's reaction to everything is phenomenal. Yes. Like he's just like deadpan, like observing. Like you can tell he like doesn't want to... Um, go against his son or whatever, but it's still, like, something weird's going when on. When they're sitting at the table and the mom is, like, holding up the newspaper and the dad is just, yeah. like, staring and the son is super yeah. uncomfortable. <laughs> and in the retirement thing, too. Well, and why is the... Why is... Why is Brent... Brent... 
Brennan, Brendan, Brendan, old. I'm so confused. It's Brandon, obviously. Well, he's he's old. It's his retirement party. Was he but on the force for what two years? Like zero. Is he like a Benjamin Bun- Benjamin Button? Like he's aging faster than everyone, or is he aging normally and no one else in that world ages? Gonna have to wait and find out. I think well, the issue is Brendan. There were yeah, because there were they showed other people that he worked with like there were different people the only two people we saw that didn't age were the were the father and the like the, the, the chief. chief yeah right or did i misread that no that's what i uh, saw too they're the only two people they showed so continuously i guess yeah but like at the end when brennan was retiring they're the only other two people no there like was a group of people in the room like the too. only two people we know like it didn't yeah. show his mom and whatever um tweets I, well i was just gonna say i really enjoyed graham and yaz together when they were on the battleship they were yeah. having some good uh like back and forth and it was great i i enjoyed them yeah i wanted some raz uh, some raz <laughs> hey give me some raz i like yaz and graham as a combo uh, we got it briefly in praxius we get a little more here, and that'll continue into the next episode. And then also, I really like um, Ryan and the Doctor as, like, a, a duo. That's what I said to Alex, too. And he's like, but has Ryan done anything? And I'm like, well, probably not, but I still like their dynamic. No, you said Ryan's being useful, and I was like, he didn't do anything yet. Oh, yeah, he's like, has he done anything? I'm like, no, but he's just with the Doctor, and that yeah. seems useful. If anything, he was useless in that he couldn't keep up with the rest of them. <laughs> no, it, it was a good dynamic. Like, we didn't see yeah. a lot of it. I was kind of craving more of it towards the end, but I get it. Like, the whole thing was the spaceship or the warship or whatever it was. But it was a fun dynamic. I was just happy that Ryan wasn't on the ship with uh, the random other human girl so he could have a small sit-down talk with her. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Come on, guys. You got to repopulate. You need those nope. small talks. <laughs> she she wasn't hot enough for Ryan. Oh, okay. Oh, also, <laughs> I told Alex that lady, like the older lady, guest cast lady, and Graham were definitely boning. And Alex goes, repopulation. <laughs> like, uh... <laughs> It's the wrong yeah. age group. Go to an apocalypse where we're down to only a couple humans, throw one in a in a lady, and then fucking move on. That lady oh, no. was probably that, too old. Yeah, that lady might be out of eggs. I have seen it's the future. a baby <laughs> whose dad is 87 years old. Yeah, so. dads can happen anytime, but moms cannot. Yeah, she, we were talking about the lady. She's a little up there. Well, the mom is in the mid-50s, I mean... Alex was like, uh, future? I don't know. So apparently in the future, really old women can have babies. Yeah, why not? Also, seven humans. Like, they're dead. It's game over. Yeah, one of the only other females died in that explosion, so. I don't know what sort of complicated mathematics it would take to spread out that gene pool. You don't. I don't. <laughs> good for graham though he deserves that lady oh graham can get it graham can do better though yeah but no one's hitting on yaz um yaz has some emotional baggage oh wait no the master through. just showed up they're gonna get together that's, Ooh, right. that's right i forgot the other thing i'm so excited for the master again yeah. yeah, we haven't even talked about that. He's right? splendid. He is uh he's a hyper dude. That His was fun. acting is over the top in a good way. I mean, we all knew that the boundary, is that what it's called? Was going to open to Gallifrey, right? What? Ex- what? What how? How what made you think that? Oh. The whole episode I was like, this is Gallifrey. This is gonna be Gallifrey. It's clearly this... where the season's going. I right. thought that too, yeah. It never registered to me, but I did forget the whole master saying that Gallifrey was a lie of the timeless child. I suppose now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, they hinted that a lot. I didn't think about <laughs> the master coming out that way, though. That was cool. Oh, yeah. Surprising. Would Brendan be the timeless child? 
Yes. Does he just live on and on, like, over and over again, like a phoenix? Yes. Hey, guys, you want to know what the episode title is for next week? The Timeless mm-hmm. Child. Brendan, the Timeless Child. <laughs> Brendan, the Timeless Child. <laughs> it's the Timeless Children. Oh, there's more than oh. one. Brendan Bones Down. Subtitle, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, speaking of children, family episode, man falls off a giant cliff after getting shot and they show the bullet hole. But he's okay, like every other cartoon. It's completely fine. There was no blood. (laughs) It's not like a bullet hole, but I mean, yeah. I mean, you can show a bullet hole in a side of a house and it's not that scary. It's not like there's It's a human! You could have well, argued that him. hole was, was there. Was he in the first a human? Place. They did shoot Bill in the chest and leave a giant gaping hole oh, in yeah. the chest oh. two seasons ago. Mm. I brought up that up last time. We brought this whole thing up too. <laughs> That's right. Damn, rip Bill. <laughs> you guys want to tweet? Tweet. Yeah, I think we've exhausted this episode. Yeah, there's not like a ton going on. Like all the stuff with the Cybermen ship, super cool, but also like. There's not a lot to talk about. Yeah. I guess one critique I would say on this episode was that um, there were some parts that just felt like they kind of drug. I don't know. It it seemed like for how long I've been watching the episode, we should be at some sort of climax or something building. And it just like wasn't yet. And then all of a sudden it hit at the end and then it was the like the end end. And obviously building up for the next episode, but it was one of those things just like, oh man. So that's why those parts were like that is because they needed, they needed to end there for the third episode or whatever. I could have watched the Brendan story all day long. Yeah. No, I I mean like in the, in the doctor story parts, like the Brendan stuff was all amazing. I really kept trying to think about like what the doctor actually did in this story. And there's really nothing. She found Koshamas. Yeah. Yeah, so what did she actually do? And yelled at the TARDIS team. She made yeah. a distraction while everyone could escape. Passion Fruit sent a jar candle at B underscore bird underscore moth says, not particularly strong, but to be fair, that could be biased because it's wedged in between two very strong episodes. Oh, that's it? Yeah, I agree. That's kind of what I was just saying. Nick Forest Focus at Jury of Underscore One says, Very intense episode, but not one that has a lot of story to discuss on its own, which we are finding in real time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like the intro. Uh, the fam are quite well utilized. I, and I enjoy how surprisingly dark in tone this story manages to be, depicting a cyber war in apocalyptic tones. Yeah. Kind of to what terry was saying is the 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 battlescapes and like just the cybermen bodies everywhere it was super cool oh reading uh ahead on ollie's tweet coming up here the one thing i hate about this episode is the cyber drones they're just flying cybermen heads (laughs) that is the laziest design like uh, it makes me so mad it's cheesy as fuck they took the cheesiest fucking thing and they destroyed the coolest thing but jake think back to when there was a cyberman head clamping at amelia pond trying to eat her yeah that was fucking awesome <laughs> because it was also done practically so like this flying yeah. cyberman head when they do a close-up on one of them it's like the cheesiest green screen like they just have a camera in front of a like real Cyberman head and they're just some intern is just sweeping around with a camera in his hand <laughs> and then someone's just putting a background in later. It's fucking garbage. I will say I loved the way they took the shots though. They had that cool drone when the, with, when they were firing off pyrotechnics like they were just taking like it it felt like it was an actual like remote controlled drone that they were using to mm-hmm. get those shots. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was, that was sick. So take one of those, slap some fucking aesthetics on top of it, and (laughs) just shoot it as a cyber, like, we have cyber mats, we have cyber mites, we've got 
all this other cyber bullshit. But when it comes to cyber drones, there's like, I don't know, we got some extra heads around. So fuck it. Actually, now that you say that, I think it would have been cool if the X on the front of the Cybermen detached and that was the drone. And yeah. so like it would just like detach it's like in and the then shape of a around. drone. Yeah, that would have been cool. <clears throat> there, we talked about it for 41 seconds and we solved the problem. Come on, <laughs> production team. All right. Ode underscore Ollie at Ode underscore Ollie says, I like it a lot. But it's a little underwhelming after the events of last week. Really like the pre-credit sequence with the Ashad voiceover. Um, and I like the zoom into the eye of the helmet that goes right into the credits. That was pretty cool. And then it says, and the cyber drones. Uh, some people love them, maybe because of their cartoonishness or despite their cartoonishness. But uh, I'm not sure how effective they are. Actually, seeing the effects of the Cyber Wars after being left to imagine it is both great, but also a little underwhelming. Getting to see the devastation left by Cybermen really helps establish the mood, and the cast are do an excellent job in showing the toll that the wars have taken. I just think that perhaps having waves of Cybermen isn't as effective as a single relentless enemy. Uh, the setting of the wars does let this episode be more action-based and lets the tension ramp up. Uh, just perhaps to a lesser extent than last week. Jody is incredible in this, letting the Doctor's pain come through so easily and so well. Her anger gets clearer and clearer as the episode progresses. Snapping at the fam from the outset gives us a real look at what she's like under the mask of calm and joy. You can see how the loss of Bill still haunts her. The line about her recklessness really shows that. We rarely get to see the Doctor in... or we rarely get to see the Doctor's true feelings about that side of her life, so it's incredible to see how Jody portrays it. And the confrontation between the Doctor and Ashad via the hologram is done so well. Seeing the Doctor try and fail to get under his skin is interesting. Having a villain who can't be affected by the Doctor's usual form of attack is always a clever way to make the story uh, and the villain more interesting. Having the villain who intimidates others of its kind is really effective. The scene of Ashad removing... The other Cybermen's organic parts making them scream in pain is just chilling. I didn't know that's what they were doing. Oh, okay. That seems weird. How can you have a Cyberman without organic parts? But now that I'm thinking about it, there is a line next week that kind of supports that. I'm intrigued by what you think about the Brennan subplot. Well, there's plenty of that. I'm intrigued what you think about the Brennan subplot, given how confusingly out of sync with the main story seems to be. Just seems to add another idea into a story that could have been streamlined, and well, I had guessed that it would be explained, it did frustrate me that it felt so separate to the story. Having seen the story as a whole, however, it makes more sense when it's all together. Uh, I think he means when it's all together with next week. Uh, the cliffhanger isn't necessarily the greatest either. It does seem a little sudden, and there isn't enough threat to know a big reveal at the end. Having yet Graham and Yaz be trapped in the cyber characters, good, and does carry the threat of what might happen to them, but unfortunately, that isn't given as much emphasis as the Master's Return. The reveal of Gallifrey is intriguing and does raise some questions, but it doesn't carry an awful lot of weight given what we already know happens. And the return of the Master was unfortunately so predictable it had little effect, though Sasha Dewan hamming up his performance is incredible. Uh, I'm very curious what you'll think of the next episode, given a lot of people have a lot to say about it, and I'm excited to hear what you think of this and what's to come. Cool. Thanks, Ollie. Yeah. Anything in there y'all want to point out before we move on? I feel like we covered most of his points. Which doesn't always happen. Alex, give me that MVP theme song. MVP. Alex, who's your MVP? I gotta give it to, I gotta give it to, I gotta give it to, um, oh man. <laughs> I'm gonna give it to, uh, I can't do multiple people. What about... Man, there's so many good things. All right, Jake, he didn't know this question was coming. <laughs> uh, I had, I just haven't decided yet, but I think I've decided on 
Sasha Dewan. No, casting. Because <laughs> the, the external cast was so good in this one, I thought. And I'm going to give it to a casting director. Don't know that they have a casting director as such. I know a lot of casting is done by the director. Well, perfect. Then I'd do that, too, because it, it looked really good, too. Hold on. I'm pulling up the TARDIS wiki to see if there's anyone listed. Jill, who's your MVP? I'm giving it to the writer, which I Chris am Chibnall. some disagreements on the story. But with a season that has, obviously, a story arc, but we haven't seen a lot of the story arc up to this point... I think this story was a huge setup, obviously, for the next episode, and a lot of tie back into the story arc really carefully and thoughtfully, and I really like that. So, Chris Chibnall. Yeah, and, you know, assuming that next week is, like, the the end of the story arc, or the finale of it, having the setups be Spyfall Part 1 and Part 2... Um, Fugitive of the Jadoon and this, like, those are all pretty good setup episodes, even though, like, by themselves, especially this one, Fugitive of the, J- of the Jadoon, they might not really have a whole lot of story going on, but as far as just, like, action-packed runarounds, there's, they're great. Oh, the crew on the TARDIS wiki is to be added. <laughs> um, Sam? MVP to the Brendan story. <laughs> Can do it. Out of P. Most valuable part of the story. The Brendan story. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the suspense on it and the way it was shot. It just looks really beautiful. So I guess you could either say the director. Or the writer. Did Chibnall write both of that part? You could say, but you're the one who has to say. <laughs> I'd say the story. Chibbers. Cody? What is that guy's name? Masad? Uh, Shad. Uh, Shad. Patrick O'Kane. Patrick O'Kane gets it two times in a row, two times, MVP. Absolutely insane bad guy in Doctor Who. Amazing. Well, we'll we'll see if he gets three in a row next week. I already forgot his name too, but um, the Master. If I mean, he's probably in the next episode. It's, every time he shows up, he's usually a. <laughs> Be weird if he wasn't. He's a shoo in. <laughs> I don't. Is it directed by the directors of Game of Thrones? <laughs> Tatters. I'm giving my MVP to Jodie Whittaker. Finally getting to see that snippy side of the Doctor. She was just wonderful on screen the entire time. I agree with everyone's assessment. (laughs) Yeah, for me, it's between Jodie and Patrick O'Kane. I gave it to Patrick O'Kane last week, so we'll go Jodie this week. Split the difference. Who keeps hitting their microphone? Is that you, Terry? No. Fine. It's me. I am beating my child. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Burp that baby. (laughs) Don't beat them with the microphone. (laughs) Just use your hand. Jake doesn't understand the efficacy. It's actually like on the other side of the bed, and you might have heard me shutting my mic off. I don't know if that makes a big noise or not. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I had a sneeze. And then I ended up running to the bathroom real quick, and I had my mic muted. And then when I came back, Jake asked if anybody had anything to talk about uh, that one tweet. And I said so much, and then Jake was just like, give me that MVP theme song. And I thought it was the rudest shit in the world, and I realized I was muted. Story of podcast. That's the story of, like, Zoom life right now at work. (laughs) It is now time for everybody's favorite podcast game. Yay. <laughs> Which one this Everybody's week? Everybody's Terry. Fall in line. <laughs> Except Terry's. The trivia, the pub quiz. In this pub quiz, the teams will be split up into them and who they'd be married to. It'll be Cody and Sam versus Jill and Alex versus Terry. 
<laughs> How long can I leave that silence? <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> uh, going old school this week, I pulled out the old Trivial Pursuit cards. Oh, oh shit. Hell yeah. Ooh. I love Trivial Grabbed Pursuit. Grabbed seven random questions. I will read the question. You will go into your Discord rooms and chat and come up with an answer. You listeners at home will just hear me ask the question, and then there will be like a three-second pause, and then these people will give their answers. Question one. Which companion worked at H.C. Clements? Donna. 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 Hey, even Terry got one. <laughs> yeah. He just was repeating Ew. what everyone else said. Shut up, it's here. Who warns the Tenth Doctor, you are not alone? The face of Bo. The face of Bo. The face of Bo. Oh, do 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 do. <laughs> Terry's got to get them all right. Hell In, yeah. Yeah, if I just keep answering last. <laughs> he realized he could just cheat. <laughs> In which century did the Doctor meet King James and some witch finders? 17th century. 18th century. 16th century. It's the 17th century. Damn. Damn. That was Jill right there. Hell yeah. Cody, what did we say? Uh, 18th century. Oh, we did? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> In The Impossible Astronaut, the doctor goes to America to meet Richard Nixon. What year is it? 1969. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Terry? 1969. Oh. Terry, dang. Yeah, boy. Terry, Terry gets to answer first next time. Okay. Alex was like, I remember it because sex year. And I was like, really? That's not how I remember it at all. It's because Apollo and all that stuff. He's like, sex year. No, I, I was like, yeah, it all happened on the sex year when they all went to the moon to bang. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sam, Sam knew it by the moon landing year, which is fucking amazing to me. Yeah, you should know when the moon landing was, Cody. <laughs> I, no, I, why? <laughs> In which year? Did the Doctor and the Tesselecta meet Adolf Hitler? 1943. Oh, I'm actually thinking, I'm rethinking my, I wrote down 42, but I want to say it was earlier, because maybe the U.S. wasn't in it yet. It's specifically said in the episode that this is before the war. Oh, well, oh. my answer's wrong. <laughs> 1976. <It> was... <laughs> what? Oh, God. I am shit with <laughs> he history. He's definitely dead by then. If it was off of fashion, I could answer properly. So it was seven years after the moon landing? Well, yeah. just think of the World fashion of the Nazis, <laughs> Terry. I thought I thought they ran into, like, I thought Germany was at war. I told in, you in it was pre-war. No, you were thinking it was he was a child. He wasn't a child. Well, I, no, but I knew it was pre-war. No, they say when they get there, the test selected, that they're too early, that he hasn't committed the atrocities yet oh, oh. it yeah. was 1938 Fuck. just on the brink of war just before it began what is the name of the professor who was revealed to be the master in utopia yana in a previous question you are not alone yana woo Cody Sam? Nope. Not a clue. Nope. Terry? I put Hitler because you gave the clue of like, it was that in a yeah. previous question. That's all I could think was Hitler. Oh, I didn't hear that clue. Yeah. He's... No, we we came back and we're talking about it because we, during Face of Bow, we talked about Yana. Oh. And we knew Terry didn't have a chance. And I was yeah. like, not to give it away to Cody, but Talking we already in front talked of about this. Terry's fine. Um, the doctor swore an oath to guard Missy's body in the quantum fold chamber for how many years? 1,000. I said 600. 10,000. It's 1,000. God, I Terry, fucking... Who would write a story and say 600 years? I don't know. <laughs> Nobody. 
I like where your head's at, though. That's a good. That's a <laughs> good amount of. She had I wanted, time off for good behavior. I wanted someone to have like a weird ass answer, like ninety four years. <laughs> <laughs> I think Cody actually had the right answer, and I talked him out of it. Yeah, Sam was like a million. I was like, it's a long time. <laughs> All right, tiebreaker's not necessary. Alex and Chill obviously won, Ooh. but. I do want you to know, though, that this time I got most of them. Yeah, Jill, and that never happens. Jill had a lot of them. <laughs> Ever. The tiebreaker was, what year is it when the Doctor and Rose meet Charles Dickens in The Unquiet Dead? Closest wins? 1916. What? Oh, God. Yeah, we're real bad at that one. Oh, what did we say, Cody? 1713. <laughs> Ooh, even farther away. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Terry? I said 1402. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I did say he's probably from the 1800s after the 1402? fact. 1402? There's your fear <laughs> answer. Weren't even, <laughs> we weren't even in America yet. <laughs> he's ahead had, of his time, okay? They had gas in people's <laughs> homes. That's what the whole fucking story is about. Cybermen. <laughs> Oh my god. 1869. So, <laughs> we win? Yeah, you yes. were 50 years <laughs> off and you win. Yeah, you did say, are you within 40? And I said, probably not. Yeah, we were close. <laughs> you didn't say probably not. You very definitively said no. <laughs> After the fact, I was like, he's an 1800s person, but it was too late. I already answered 1916. Yeah. 1402. <laughs> <laughs> You know all those pictures of Charles Dickens like riding dinosaurs and shit. <laughs> not, not AC. It's... Uh, Alex song. Uh, this is Ben Married to Who, our episode on The Ascension of the Cybermen. If you want to listen to this podcast, you can do so on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or on our website, MarriedToWho.com. Uh, if you want to participate in the podcast, you can tweet at us at MarriedToWhoPod. You can follow our Instagram at MarriedToWho. You can email us, MarriedToWho at gmail.com. I'm half myself, Jake, Cody, Sam, Jill, Alex, Producer Terry. Thank you so much for listening. Please join us next time for the Timeless Children. Do 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 do